and welcome to Sound On Sight's Walking Dead podcast. This is TV editor of Sound On Sight, Kate Kulzik, and I'm joined as ever by our general editor, general editor, Mr. Ricky D. Hello, Kate. And this week we are joined by Zach Hanlund of the EB Club. Zach, welcome back. Yeah, thank you for having me. And we'll be talking about the second episode of season four of The Walking Dead that's Infected, written by Angela Kang, directed by Guy Ferland. Guy Ferland, I'm not sure if he's Quebecois, but I'm going with Guy. Uh, and as we always mention, we will not be getting into any spoilers from the show that yet to come from the comics uh, or the graphic novels. I have not read any of them. Reiki? Yeah, I've read a bit of the novel. I'm... Um... Actually, no. You know what? They've deviated so far away from the comic book right now that uh, I don't even think it really matters. But I've read quite a bit. I, I've read about 40 to 50 issues. Okay. And Zach? I think I read the same. I read the – they had this uh, – the compendium, which I think was the first 50 issues. And I uh, – all my friends really loved it. So I figured I, I'd, uh, I'd just push through and I'd read that much and I'd never gone back. So, yeah. Well, and as we said, even though we, you guys have read some of the graphic novels, we won't be talking about those. We'll be talking specifically about this episode. And last week, Ricky and I talked with uh, our, our co-podcaster uh, over at Sound Insight, Simon Howell, about the premiere and uh, what we thought that might have to say about the season as a whole. I was more positive on the premiere, uh, Ricky, than you were. Zach, I'm curious what you thought about that and what you think about this episode and whether you're noticing any trends uh, that are maybe giving you hope or maybe giving you fear about what's to come. Uh, I, I, li- I gave the premiere a B plus in my review, but I, I had some reservations and the, it was the, the stuff in the premiere that I liked. It didn't seem like stuff that you could really build. It seemed like stuff that the walking dead has been doing since day one. And um, it, it didn't seem to have like, they didn't really make much effort into developing any of the new characters. It was basically just, Oh, here's the geeky guy. And here's the friendly guy who is now dead. Um, and, and and like there was like little bits here and there that, that gave me hope. Like Michonne seemed to be a little bit loosened up, which I she's she always seemed a character who had more potential and they actually let her let her be. And um and she seems to actually have been getting some stuff to do this season, which is great. Um and there was there was definite focus. It wasn't a sloppy episode. Um, but I definitely kind of felt like, all right, where's the the sort of punch? You know, there's the really great uh, grocery store sequence it's really well put together i enjoyed watching it but at the same time what is this what's the momentum what's the the what are we building to and the, the second episode kind of confirmed my reservations it again wasn't terrible but it, it definitely left me feeling like they need to come up with some sort of obvious villain or something because right now it's focusing too much on character without actually developing characters so you get the situation where you have all the you have the core ensemble, and then you have all these new extra people. But you know the extra people are basically just grist for the mill, and you might see one of the core ensemble die at some point, but only at like a major important episode. So right now it's this very sort of like, oh, they're going to be dead, yeah, whatever. And it's 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 kind of in this. It's not bad yet, but I'm just kind of worried about where it's going. Interesting, Ricky. How about you? What do you think of Infected? Yeah, I think we're on the same page. I'm actually sort of let down by season four so far. I mean, I know we're only two episodes in, but I don't know, Kate, I'm not feeling it this year. Usually I'm the most positive person on this podcast. I think last year in season three, there was one episode I disliked out of 16. There was one episode I was so-so on. Yeah, like I totally agree with everything Zach just said. You know, last week I sort of joked around about how I uh, I actually cared more about the pig Violet than I did about <laughs> Well, no, then I actually yeah, thought about no. Patrick yeah. dying. Like, it was actually, I was, you know, I, I love animals, so maybe perhaps that is why. But I thought it was a really, like, sad sequence when Rick is talking to Carl and you see the pig just sort of lying there and it's all sick and you know it's going to die. And one week later, I find the most heart-wrenching moment comes once again with the three little pigs that are used to, as a sacrifice in order to stop the prison gates from falling down. And I actually thought that was the scene that affected me emotionally not the scene in which people die. And I think that's a huge problem. And it's not necessarily an attack on the show because that sequence, I do think, was the highlight of this episode. Um, I love the expression on Andrew Lincoln's face. Uh, you know, I've discussed uh, Andrew Lincoln's acting in previous episodes, and I don't think he's a bad actor at all. I think sometimes he's just directed in an odd way. Like, I, I think he works better with some directors there's some uh, some episodes in which I do not like his performance, but there are some episodes in which I think he shines. And I think that one little sequence was was fantastic. I love the way he captures the expression on Rick Grimes's face, because, you know, when he's sacrificing those three little pigs, 
the barriers of the prison come tumbling down, and so does Rick's hope in retaining momentary peace. And so I thought that was the highlight of the episode. But then at, at the same time, I'm like, why are we following around these two little girls who we don't know, we're not, we don't care about? And let's face it, they aren't going to play a major role in all of season four. Like, I think I know what they are doing with one of the girls, which I can talk about a little later on. But we don't really care about these characters. We had this whole sequence in which Carol sits by the bedside while their dad is slowly dying. He's about to turn into a walker. And it was like, who is this guy? Do we really care? And so last week, my major problem with the episode was we're introduced to the character, Zach, who's the boyfriend of Beth, right? We've never met this guy before. And in the very next scene, he's killed off. Now, I don't have a problem with a bunch of characters, like a bunch of extras dying in like these horrible, gruesome deaths because I mean, if The Walking Dead does something good, it's it's special effects. It's the action set pieces, right? And so I'm all for having all of these extras sort of die in the background because uh, it makes the show kind of more fun to watch. But I don't think that they should force this sort of emotion on us, the viewers, because we don't care about these people. And so I'm a little confused as to why half of the episode was spent falling around three characters that we don't know. Well, this is very interesting to me because apparently, Ricky, we have swapped roles. I really enjoyed this episode, and I'm very excited about season four based on the premiere and this episode. And the reason I like this episode is exactly what you just said earlier, Zach. They're focusing on character in a way that they haven't really ever in a prolonged stretch on the on The Walking Dead. And this is still only two episodes. This is not a prolonged stretch yet. But I'm hopeful that maybe it will become one. And so when you're talking about these two girls, I care about those two girls. I think they're just starting to to develop those. I'm connected our scene with them last week to what we saw this week. And uh and, and with Carol's, you know, of course, obviously this is they're they're clearly going talking about Sophia. There's touches of Sophia underneath everything we're seeing with her and her just her overall journey. I think uh, I think there's plenty of material here for them to, to mine, and I love that they care enough to do that. And I don't think that the fact that that sequence with the pigs is so horribly affecting. So, like, I was sitting there. I, I love love bacon, and I was sitting there going, "Damn it! I kind of feel like I need to be a vegetarian now." Uh, that went away, thankfully, when I remembered how mean pigs tend to be. But um. But still, the fact that that was, that was a hugely effective moment, but that for me doesn't take away from the, how effective several of the other moments were. And the fact that, like I said earlier, the fact that they are now coming back to character is what is really exciting for me about this episode as well as the premiere. We talk about the piglet scene, uh, and we, we should talk more about that. The sound design for that scene was fantastic. But what that says to me more than anything else, and you touched on this, Ricky, uh, is that they're prioritizing visual storytelling this season in a way that they haven't in general since the pilot they have you know in clear somewhat in the the season premiere last year for that opening sequence the memorably was no dialogue many of the most affecting moments in this episode are silent ones or nonverbal ones and I think that is a definite step in the right direction for them the piglet sequence is one of them and the other big one for me is Michonne and the baby and Judy and uh, I'm curious what you guys think about those those various issues. Um, well, no, I've always been a proponent of, of them using more silent storytelling because the dialogue is at best functional, at worst. Uh, um, <laughs> but I, I feel like that's why well, I, I agree that there are some great examples of um, it's, it's hard. It's hard to say exactly what my problems were, because it's not so much that I thought these are two bad episodes. Because they're not. They have they have some really striking moments, some great visuals, um, and they. But I, I what problem with what what troubles me is that you talk about them talking about focusing more on character, and I'm all for that. But it feels like the only focus they have for character is the same tension that they've been going at from the beginning of the show. Can you survive and keep your human decency in this post-apocalyptic zombie nightmare world? The answer is always no. 
And the problem is that human beings still struggle to actually still have that softness or weakness or whatever you want to call it to be decent. So what's going to happen is every time somebody's going to be like, I'm going to be hard this time. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be so strong. And then, oh, something cute. Ah, I'm dead. Like every, <laughs> every time. Like that's, that's basically going to be the dynamic. I mean, Rick went through that in a little mini arc. He was like, the first episode is like sworn off and I'm not going to fight, use my gun anymore. I'm going to be a farmer. And the very next episode is like, oh, well, I can't be a farmer. Like get my gun again, kill some pigs and, um, and, I, and that's, that's fine for what it is. And I think it's, it's, but I just feel like the show has gone to that well so many times that I want to see stuff that isn't necessarily about, oh, I miss my, I miss my life before the end of the world or I love someone and now I can't because we're going to die. Like it just feels like the show has never figured out how to get out of that gear. And, and the best parts of this episode were, I mean, the, the thing with the piglets, I, I'll admit it did not affect me as much as it seems with like you guys. It's, it was a very well made scene, and I, I get it. The, it's always horrifying to see animals, you know, even simulated murdered on on screen. But to me, that the symbolism of it was so obvious. In that, okay, Rick's having to sacrifice this part of his life, and you know, the pigs might have died from the, the sickness, anyways, to 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 become the badass again. It just felt like I, I I've seen this stuff before, and the the, the whole the, the bit at the end where Cuddy. Um, I'm sorry. Is <laughs> the the actor played Cuddy on the wire? Uh, Tyrese finds the the, the gr- his girlfriend who they had a lovely moment the fir- the cold open and they had this brief fi- brief fake out scare where you totally thought that Patrick was going to go kill her, but he didn't. You're like, oh okay, things could be happy again. Uh, no, no, she uh, she got burned alive at the end by somebody, um, and that just feels like that's I need something fun in this show. I need something like. Like I need some sort of colorful villain or something because right now it's just a lot of sadness and it's the same sadness. And that to me is, I feel like the show just needs to find some way to develop its characters that isn't just about trying to harden yourself in this world where you can never be hard enough to survive indefinitely. I absolutely agree. And one of the big things we talked about in the past is that they need to find a way or that it would be very, at least I think it would be very intelligent of them to find a way to incorporate some humor because this is a painfully dour series in general. And that's a, that's a problem, at least for me. Uh, so I absolutely agree with that. Um, one of the things that they do this episode that I appreciate, and you mentioned it briefly, is the the opening sequence with uh, Chad Coleman uh, or the sequence of the Chad Coleman earlier in the episode uh, singing. And then we have another uh, sequence of Beth singing as well. I like more use of music. It makes it feel more authentic to how people are and how they interact with each other. Um, and that's another sort of non-dialogue way of of, story t- of, of getting some storytelling across. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with the notion that they are using the same ideas and re- sort of repeating them. I just think... I guess I have more hope they're going to finally do it well in a way mm. that I don't think they have before. And the, the I've seen several places in reaction to this episode online. Uh, I've seen several places online in reaction to this episode, people saying, I, I want a big or a colorful villain. Say what you will about the, the governor, dot, dot, dot. And here's the thing that I have to say about the governor. The governor is terrible. Everything about that character after an episode or so was just completely horribly mismanaged so i have no desire for a big colorful villain but after the governor last wasn't, season the, the governor wasn't a colorful villain he was a colorful villain in the comic book in the show they never knew what to do with him they kept trying to humanize him but then they tried to make him psychotic but then he was human again mm-hmm. and then he was kind of weird and ambiguous and they just never like there was never any sense that they knew how to make him a real bad guy they just kind of fuh. like exactly he, they kept, yeah. i don't trust them yeah to no, do a big colorful villain yeah Ricky. Hmm. Yeah, I'm sorry, Kate. I'm going to have to totally agree with Zach. I, I think they're recycling ideas from the past. I see all the problems from season three still present in season four. And I totally agree. And I mentioned this last year several times on a show where they can actually create a fantastic sequence without without the use of horrible dialogue. I mean, the sequence with Rick, regardless if Zach had an emotional reaction to it or not, uh, <laughs> it was still beautifully shot. I love the yeah. way, you know, they put it in slow motion. And like you said, Kate, the sound design. And once again, I do think that Andrew Lincoln, had, like his perform- his performance was just fantastic in that one scene. Like he really shows his emotions without words. Like he emotes. You see physically, on, you know, on his face, right? And I think the best character-driven moment comes when Michonne is left to take care of the baby. 
And, you know, for someone who barely showed any emotion in season three, she's come a long way. She smiled last week. This week she's crying. And I'm so glad her brooding silence is done and over with because that was getting annoying. Uh, but once again, there's no dialogue. And each and every single week on the podcast, we always complain about the writing. It always boils down to the writing because the direction was solid. I, I love the way he built up the suspense at the start of the uh, at the start of this uh, episode when Patrick is roaming around. There is a great bait and switch technique that he uses at one point where it's a fake out because we think he's going to bite Karen. It's Karen. Thank you, Karen. Um, but once again, I mean, I think the difference between you and I, Kate, this year is that you have hope that it's going to get better. And I don't think it's going to get better because I couldn't remember her name until Zach just reminded me that it's Karen. So we get this great moment where for once the African-American on the show is not only offered dialogue, but he can actually sing and he's got a romantic interest, you know, so that's great. Um, like it's a, a step above, of like, say, T-Dog, right? But I mean... So we, we're introduced to this character, Karen. We don't really know much about her. We're offered one or two scenes so far in season four uh, of her and Tyree spending time together. And then she's killed off. So the, the thing is, is what I'm getting at here is, again, I don't mind if we have all of these characters dying in the background. That's fine. But I, I feel like they're trying to force this emotional reaction out of us, the viewers. And I have to go back to the character of Zach last week. Like, we didn't have to know he was the boyfriend of Beth. It didn't matter at all. But it's like they're killing off these characters to try to build the characters who they haven't done jack shit with in the past two seasons, like Beth. And I know you say you like her character, but tell me, what do we get from her in the past, say, like nine episodes of The Walking Dead? I, like, I was watching this with my nephew, and he's like, what is up with this character? All she does is sing. And now they've done this strange thing to, uh, with her character where she's like emotionally detached. Like, she doesn't want to really... Uh, show emotion when someone dies you know she's i wouldn't say she's cold-hearted but she's got tougher skin uh, but the thing is i to me that's not really interesting she's still not an interesting character and with the two girls in this episode granted at least carol has once again something to do but it didn't really tell us or show us anything new of carol like we already know carol is giving the children uh, a class on how to use weapons and how to survive and so I just feel like basically we followed around these two girls because possibly one of them is insane because her sister hints at the fact that she's kind of weird and screwed up in the head. And maybe she's responsible for, I don't know, burning Karen. I don't know. But I feel like I honestly do not think we're actually going to follow around those two girls for very long. They're going to be killed off and it's just going to be a big waste of time. Lizzie, we're going to have to talk about what happened in there. Your daddy asked me to protect you like you're my own, and I will. It's time someone told you the truth. Honey, you're weak. You lost your nerve. You have to trust your gut, and you have to act fast every time. That's life and death. I know, I'm sorry. You have to become strong. He said, he said he was special and now he's dead. Why did they kill him? Why did they kill Nick? You're so stupid. Nick. She's messed up. She's not weak. Okay. There are like four different things there, so I'm going to go <laughs> one by one. <laughs> so first, the fact that we find out more about Michonne, who she is as a person and what her life may have been before all of this started in the first two episodes of this season and specifically in one wordless, maybe minute, two minute long sequence this episode, whereas we found out nothing about her all of last season. That is exactly why I'm more excited about this season than last year. So you're agreeing with me that it's a great scene. I said earlier, I think it's one of the best scenes in the episode, but the fact that, that we get this amazing scene with her and that we care about getting this scene, that the writers care about writing that scene and the 
you know, Angela Kang is writing all of the wordless scenes, not just the dialogue. So she's yep. she did some really great writing in this episode as well. That is that is nonverbal. But the fact that they're going to spend the time on that is something they never would have done last season. And that's an indication of what their priorities are. And I'm hoping that we're going to get more of that because we are already seeing more of that. Second point. Before you go to the second point, just quickly, I totally agree. I think what they are doing with the central cast, Michonne, Carol, Rick, Daryl, Glenn, Maggie, fine, fantastic. But we still have a good chunk of the episode in which we're forced to sit and watch these additional characters. That is my problem. The problem, okay, so that was point two. The, the the issue of we should just never kill any characters who we we recognize from previous seasons or previous episodes seems very foolish to me because then we would be complaining that they're only killing red shirts. And so I, I think they're in a rock and a hard place situation there. I didn't think they were going to kill Karen because she was like the only character we actually met in the governor's compound last year who we spent any time with. So I assumed she was going to be around for a while because it was Sasha, Therese, and Karen were the only people we knew from last season. Oh my God, she was actually from last season oh yes, my god she was yeah she was from last <laughs> season but but there, but there but there you go that is a problem because zach is laughing because he couldn't even remember that she was in season three so they yeah. haven't resolved these problems left over from season three because yes, but either they spend all their time trying to resolve the problem seasons three in season three or they try to start over and just move past it and start fresh and that's what they've done here and and so i don't think i'm not going to give them a hard time for for just sort of brushing away the problems of last season instead of delving into them. And as for Carol and the girls, I don't think we should say we, I don't think we should make too many guesses about whether the girls are going to be dead in a week or two, because that could go either way. But Carol, I, I, th I see a lot of development in her this week and last week, as opposed to where she's been in the past. And I, I think she's talking to herself even more than she's talking to those two girls. When she says you are weak, she's thinking about what, about Sophia and she didn't have this conversation with her daughter and her daughter died and she suffered through that. And, uh, and, and so I, I think there's plenty of character development going on there. I care about each moment that we get with those, those three. And so I just, I feel like I'm watching a different show. Well, I think you're listening to what I'm saying, but you're not hearing what I'm saying. I didn't complain about Carol. I wrote in my review and I mentioned this last week that I think she's a superstar of the show this year. She's fantastic. She's the most compelling character of the show. And so at least in those sequences, we do have Carol to save us from the boredom of watching two girls who we don't care about nor I care know? about the two girls. Okay, but you care about it. <laughs> we can't argue about who we care about. That's a personal like thing, right? I don't care about the two girls. Okay. Nobody I know cares about the two girls. Oh. I talked to about 15 people since last night's uh, episode aired, and nobody I know cared about those two girls. But the thing is, I wrote this in my review. I'm like, I sort of sympathize for the writing staff because it's they're, they are in a tricky situation. There is a certain amount of death expected from a series about the dead coming back to life and feeding on the living. So, you know, I don't think you can take away the Woodbury extras because it only decreases the bloodshed. It takes away from the great action set pieces that we love. That is fine if they're killed off. What I'm saying is they don't need to force in these relationships. We don't need to have Zach, the boyfriend of Beth. We don't need to have Carol spending 20 minutes of screen time trying to console these two girls who just lost their dad when we don't know their dad. There's other ways you can write it. There could have been attack on the prison. Patrick could have gone, they could have like, you know, been let loose and then he bites so-and-so and so-and-so -and -so bites so-and-so. And, you know, you get the great action, gore and blood and whatever guts that we all love. Fantastic. I'm just saying, like, I don't even know how to explain it. You're just forcing it in and it's, it's not needed. There's other ways to build on Carol's character in those sequences and even Beth and even everybody else. It's a waste of screen time. I strongly disagree that we should only kill nameless characters and not see any effect from the other no, no, characters. No. I'm not saying kill. I'm saying spend additional time with those people. Like, 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 look, hey, like, like, just quickly. Let's say last week, right? We spent 15 minutes on the character Zach, and right away he dies in the next scene. What if they just took that 15 minutes and used it to, I don't know, boost up the character of Beth? We still have this guy Zach. He goes on the uh the supply run he gets bit he dies it's a fantastic gore sequence it's a fantastic gore sequence but we are not subjected into this whole like 10 minute like speech or like conversation between daryl and beth because it doesn't really do much for even the character beth it's just like a waste of time whoa whoa 
whoa, 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 whoa. I think that is wrong. I think that's, <laughs> I, th- I think in both these cases, I, I, I get what you're saying, but I think you've, all, you've, you've, I mean, you've mentioned it before. You pinpointed the difficulty that writers face. They have to introduce new characters because people have to die on the show. And they have to do their best to try and de- delineate these characters. And while they're not always great about it, I mean, poor Zach felt like, um, you know, the two days before retirement guy. Um, part of his death, like part of his death, his scenes were all scenes that also identified, that also helped delineate other characters that he was talking to. His first scene where we actually figure out that he's Beth's, um, that he's Beth's boyfriend, Beth doesn't want to say goodbye to him. So we know that Beth is actually finding a well, finding ways to sort of distance herself from people. Her, his second, his other big scene, like the biggest conversation he has, he's trying to figure out who Daryl was before the zombie apocalypse. Both of the focuses of these scenes are on the other characters. Zach is basically an interchangeable dude who's talking. And then when, when he dies, the scene at the end between Daryl and, and Beth, it's again, it's the, it goes back to the one thing this show knows how to do, which is show people losing, losing touch with their humanity. Like Beth has actually found a way to distance herself. She doesn't get too attached to anybody because she knows that they'll all die and daryl's like whoa that's heavy and the stuff uh-huh. this week with with carol and those two kids like those two i i mean you know what if you didn't like that i'm not i'm not going to argue with you and tell you you have to like it but to me the focus of the first scene with carol and those kids was first of all it's all about interesting to see how carol's trying to to sort of help and save people in her terrifying way but the tension of that first scene was you got these two kids saying goodbye to their dad who's slowly turning into a zombie i mean that's that's like uh, that is it's it's not amazing. It's not something the show hasn't done before, but that is a pretty solid scene idea. Like there's pathos. It's immediately accessible. And the scenes later with Carol trying to teach them like how weak they are and how they need to learn how to do knives and stab things. Like these these to me these are very much. I just don't think that. <sighs> you know you know I, Zach I, I, I Zach I would agree with you had we not already seen these ideas in the past three seasons. They're recycling ideas. We've seen all yes. of this in the past three yes, seasons. That's, that's We've seen, like, basically now we have Carol who's going to be the mom, like, of these two girls. So now she once again has a daughter. We know it's not going to end very well with the daughter. We have Rick going through some weird phase where he doesn't know if he wants to be leader. So he steps down a leader, but the next week he decides that he's going to step up again. We have a scene in which a child watches their parent uh, slowly die before turning to a zombie. We've seen it all done before. That's that's the point I'm trying to make. Like the well, thing I is, just, I I don't think the problem the problem isn't character. The problem is that the show doesn't really have anything to say beyond those two basic points. And the fact is that they haven't figured out a way to do character beyond just repeating those same basic points. That's the, the problem. Not so much then, that we're introducing new people and we're not getting to know them, or they're not, or we're spending too much time on them. It's that the show hasn't figured out a way to make people interesting beyond the fact that they're in this post-apocalyptic wasteland and everything sucks like that's yeah, then, that's yeah but then aren't you agreeing with me because they are recycling these ideas like these are not fresh yeah, that's, ideas that's that's what i said earlier i'm just saying it's a different <laughs> to me i'm not just so much disagreeing with your general point i think we both have reservations about this season i am saying that i disagree with what you're specifically focusing on in terms of what about what the problem is to me it's not so much that they're, they're focusing on these new characters as it is that they just haven't found new things to say and, well, and that then, scares me for the, the, the season to come. Well, the, the, the thing is, is that they are focusing on these characters of which we have nothing new to say about these characters. Again, they are doing a fantastic job with the central cast, but not so much with these additional characters. And that's what worries me about season four. If we're going to get introduced to more and more and more characters and they don't know how to properly build these new characters, it takes three seasons before they figure out what to do with a character. That's a problem. How long did it take for people to start liking Carol and Andrea and even possibly Lori and T-Dog? Well, did anybody really like T-Dog? <laughs> Um, but you know what I mean? Like, I just, I mean, look, Karen gets introduced in season three, I think midway in, right? I think it was like the second half of season three. And then you figure like, that's a great actress. She's an interesting character. Maybe possibly they're going to do something with her character and just right away kill her off. Like, I just feel like they're killing off these characters to either move the plot forward and or to build on another character. And I'm not sure if that's the best way to go about doing it. Well, what I see when I look at this episode and I look at these character moments is I see a scene with Karen. I don't see a disposable scene where we're wasting our time because Karen's going to die at the end of the episode. I see a scene with Karen and Tyrese where we know a lot more about Tyrese. We know a lot more about what life is like for them there. And uh, also we, we know how they interact. We're seeing a different kind of couple interaction than we've seen necessarily on the show before because we haven't seen the I'm afraid to tell other people that we're dating 
thing or I'm afraid to really let this outside of this one space. We, we sort of saw a little bit of that with Glenn and Maggie, but this was a different approach and it felt like a more human approach. I see that scene with Michonne that we already referenced. I see the scene with the pigs that we already referenced. I see the scene with Carol at the fence and that is meaningful to me, watching the progression of Lizzie, I want to say, Lizzie or Micah, the elder one from last week talking about the, the zombies they're naming to to where they are this week to, you know, I'm seeing and especially I think I'm also approaching this from the perspective of we have a new showrunner. And so I feel like this could be a fresh start for the show, a new era of the show um, because it's a new showrunner. And so Maybe I'm seeing more of a strict delineation here uh, than maybe, Rick, you are. Maybe that's why I'm less frustrated with repetition of ideas, for example, because I feel like now we're getting Gimple's take on it, and I hope that it'll be a better take. Yeah, but, you know, again, Kate, like... (laughs) I don't have a problem with Carol Michonne. I'm going to have to say this over no, and over I, throughout no, the podcast. I, specifically, I'm saying Karen. I'm saying. Oh, but, but I, I never I'm said I had saying, a problem. With... I'm saying the two little girls. I, but I didn't. I never mentioned I had a problem with the Karen sequence. But why I don't was... you have a problem with the Karen sequence if you do have a problem with the almost in, in, in exactly the same sequence last episode with Zach? Three reasons. First of all, I have to focus on the present in this specific episode. Um, at least we've been offered. I don't know, several scenes of Karen. We know almost, we almost remember her name. Um, and uh, I think in, in, in that specific sequence, it is done in a way that it will lead to a dramatic shift in the attitude of Tyrese. Tyrese in the comic book is such, is, is a much more interesting character. And so I'm actually hoping it'll change Tyrese and we'll get more of the Tyrese that we get in the comic book. So perhaps that is why, because I've read the comic book and I'm not entirely satisfied with his character in the show. I do like his character in the show. I just think he's far more interesting than the comic book. Um, so second reason is because when the episode ends, we do see the bodies outside burnt alive. And I'm pretty sure it's Karen's body, but we don't know for sure yet. And so well, there's a part yeah, of he looks, that he kind of broken up about it. So I would say I would say it would be Karen. Yeah, she had. It was the bracelet on the hand. Yeah, they confirmed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so there was a bracelet on the hand. Okay, so perhaps that is why when the episode ended, I wasn't really like bugged by it. Um, I don't know, but anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's interesting, and obviously there are specific things you are responding to. There, there, you know, this, this, the Karen, the use of Karen did not bother you the way that the use of Zach did last week, and I think it'll be interesting to see as the show progresses. If that continues, if they are things that they continue to to do well, if if like Zach, the progression from them not handling well for you with Zach to handling it better with Karen continues, or if it's just more scattershot. Maybe I, maybe I'm not expressing myself properly. I I think in last week's podcast I said I didn't necessarily have a problem with Zach the character. Last week what I said was I was worried that they're going to keep on doing this sort of thing where they introduce a character and a scene later he dies. So last week if you go back and listen to the podcast, I love the sequence with Zach in in you know in the shopping uh, in what was it? Like he went to Walmart or something. <laughs> they went on they went on a run for supplies, right? It didn't bug me. My problem was or my my worry is I think it's going to be a reoccurring thing that they keep on doing because they've been doing it since season 1. And so that is where my worry comes in. And so far in two episodes, it's exactly what they've done. They've introduced us to three characters who we don't really know. And a scene later, so-and-so character dies. And I don't know. I'm not really big on that sort of like writing. Sorry. Should we talk about some of the other elements of the episode? I'm curious. uh, Was I the only one who just sort of assumed that it was the girls feeding the walkers? You mean the rats? Uh, well, the girls wouldn't have been out there late at night, and they wouldn't have been doing it with such a specific intention as to to knock the fence down. Because whoever's doing it is clearly putting the rats in the same place every night, which attracts oh, okay. the I didn't yeah. think of that. I just I just saw them like, oh, they're feeding their pet zombies, and so and they didn't. I I didn't get assigned that much intent to it. And so then at the end, I was confused by the end of the episode. I was like, wait. Did they drag out there? So uh, I guess the the end reveal didn't work for me as well as I think it was supposed to. <laughs> I, I completely got it wrong in my review. I actually posted the review thinking that, that Karen and that other guy had immolated themselves. And somebody in the comments was like, uh, wasn't there a blood trail? And I'm like, oh, God, I'm an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, so. I thought that exact same thing. I thought they had, like, realized that they were going going. So they had, like, dragged themselves out there. And done it like it was a suicide pact at first, and then I saw the other explanation. I'm like, oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> you guys are t- you guys are talking about the rats right now. We're talking about the 
both two things yeah the saboteur and you know i think uh, one more reason why i didn't necessarily have a problem with the final um sequence in which karen is supposedly dead is because i didn't expect it the last thing i expected was for tyrese to discover a trail of blood leading to her burnt corpse so maybe that is why i liked it too because it was a bit of a, a surprise or has uh you know it wasn't a big surprise that zach died last week it wasn't a big surprise that the dad had a bite on his neck like i was never fooled for one second it was clear as day and uh, I wasn't actually surprised that it was the dad of those two girls because we got introduced to these two girls. So I was like, well, they're going to do something with these two girls. And if this guy's dying, he's clearly related to them. So I don't know. Um, anyhow, um, I got to just say, <laughs> to be positive, that I absolutely love the panic-inducing set piece at the start of the show. Like I thought – I actually thought it was scary. Like I love the way they built up the suspense. I love the gore. I love when the guy rolls over and his like stomach <laughs> – drops on the, I, I'm on the amazed floor. that this because this, this the level of gore like I don't mind gore I, I used to enjoy it I'm like I'm still fine with it but the level of gore on this show I am amazed that it is popular as it is because that was like that was next level stuff right there that was like you know his intestines fell to the like his like literally slid off his body and we watched it happen that is not something you see on your television very often yeah, totally yeah. I, I think it's some of the best special effects to date, which is saying a lot because this is The Walking Dead. Yeah, I think that set piece works really well. I was stressed out just, I was stressed out watching this episode, even just from that, that sequence of Kara, uh, Karen walking into the bathroom. I was like half watching between my hands because I expected Patrick to just like bite her. Yeah. <laughs> from, you know, like turn on the light in the bathroom, <laughs> turn on the light. Uh, so that was actually really stressful to me. Um, and then also for those listeners who may be new, I'm a total scaredy cat. I have almost no experience with horror. And so therefore it, it, I have a very low threshold for this stuff. But with um, the sequence with Patrick going around biting everyone, I, yes, the set piece, especially once the fight breaks out, I thought was, was fantastic and really affecting and effective. But I was sort of distracted for once. I liked the score everywhere else, but I was somewhat distracted because the believability became an issue for me that it, there was no noise. So with the, especially with the score bringing, you know, having that, that background noise, if they had cut, if they had left it just be like the, the theoretical sounds, the like diegetic sounds, then I would have maybe bought into it more. But if, when you have a score pounding, you know, at, at, at a certain point or building, you know, building suspense and in intensity, it's kind of hard to try to tell yourself, oh, nobody else in the prison can hear this. Nobody else in the prison can hear the strings or the, uh, the, the, the ambient music. And so therefore they are still all sleeping. I don't know. Did anybody else have a believability issue with the fact that nobody seemed to wake up? I, I don't get why they, I mean, these groups should be incredibly paranoid all the time. I don't get why they didn't even have somebody just checking or have like a, have someone like doing rounds as a, it was bizarre. Like the fact that it was like the sun was up and nobody had, had poked in or yeah, no, I, I, that did kind of seem to stretch. I was a little surprised. I mean, it was a very effective sequence in terms of the, the just that it was deeply horrifying to think of like people like walking behind those curtains and just getting killed like that. That's very creepy stuff. But I, I did kind of question the logic of it. And they're like the, the quietest walkers ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I like the decision or not, but the fact that they actually quickly discovered that the reason Patrick died was because he became sick and ill with a flu. And it just was so fast. I was like, what? I was like, okay, so you guys figured it out in like about a, a matter of a minute. But for like the past year, you've, you know, been feeding on the pigs and you never, ever thought that you can perhaps get ill and sick from, you know, the meat. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It was just weird. It was like a well, little too The fact that there are like hundreds of corpses around you every day i mean yeah. they clean out the prison but that play i mean just living in that world must be a breeding ground for all kinds of hideous bacteria yeah or even ju just how like there was no marks on him he, he wasn't bit like somebody clearly shot him or crushed his head in at some point how do you know he wasn't bit on his head 
just like little things like that are the type of things that I pedant or and, uh, and get hung up on because I'm just crazy and silly in that way. Uh, but yeah, when they said he was eating barbecue yesterday, I was like, ding, ding, ding. Are we going <laughs> to look into that? Like make a list of who ate what? I don't know. Well, and, you know, that's the thing. Uh, like in that sequence, we get Herschel and we get the newcomer, the doctor, right? And I was like, you know, it would be really cool if we knew a little bit more about the doctor, because I think it would be really interesting to have a doctor on the show on a full time basis with dialogue who, you know, just doesn't appear one week and then reappears like six weeks later. And then, you know, six weeks later, he's probably bit on the neck and nobody still knows what his name is. Like, I want to see more of these characters. Like last week we had the ex-Marine, the alcoholic, like that guy. That guy's an interesting character. We, we we saw him like maybe for two seconds in the background this week. Like that's the thing. Like I want to follow around these characters, not the two little girls. Because I'm sorry, the two little girls are not going to stick around for very long. You just you, you hate those little girls, don't you? I, I you do. Just, and you know, there are girls. Oh, I, I do. And I'm sorry, I do not think they are they are good actresses. I thought their performances were horrible, especially when they're supposed to cry but not cry or holding back from crying. I was like, come on, couldn't you have found better actresses? Like I know they're kids. But they weren't very good, and I don't. I don't think they're going to keep the kid. I, I know. I know. I hate the kids. They're going to drive to their house now. <laughs> I know the poor girls are going to listen to the podcast, but I also do not think they're going to keep the kids around for much longer because they have this problem with kids. Like because you know they grow so incredibly fast. Like I mean, look at Carl. He looks like he's fifteen now. And I went back and I watched an episode in season two, and he looked like he was ten. I mean, next year he's going to look like he's twenty. Well, and that's that's not atypical for teenagers. As someone who has several teenage students, they are growing by the week. So I don't actually have that much of a believability issue with them as long as they don't try to say no time has passed. And so if they keep jumping in time at a regular interval, I'm, I'm OK with that. Um, one of the things I wanted to specifically actually mention, oh, I, I think they're going to keep the kids around for a while, if only to contrast them with Carl, by the way, just my two cents. But one of the things I did think was interesting this episode is that they did bring in a new doctor. So we have we have uh, Herschel, who's a vet. We have Dr. S, who's who's the doctor we see this week. And then we have the the doctor from last week, who's a, an army medic or an army, army doctor. Anybody else find that interesting? Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I want to see more of these characters. No, Give me more of these. Just the choice to have three different medical professionals. That tells me that one of our doctors probably isn't lasting too long based on the laws of TV horror. <laughs> or possibly. Oh, God, I forget his name. The one who was the alcoholic, is he also a, was he a medic? Was he the medic? Yeah, I wanted to say he was an army medic or something. Maybe I misheard no, that last time. No, 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 well, you go. No, I'm sure you're right. I just was thinking he's he's also a recovering alcoholic, which pretty much means at some point he's going to screw up and everyone's going to die. Like that, they they kind of <laughs> like that to me seems like that's kind of what they're setting up for him. Although I didn't realize he was. I I feel bad. I made a joke in my review about how you know he was he was a he was a recovering alcoholic, but you know he can't be he can't be more than anything else because you know more than one character trait for a character on The Walking Dead. It's we don't do that around here, so. Yeah, they're saying he's he's new, and so he's sort of. They're not sure if they should trust him on the, yeah. the run last week, and they're like, he was in the army. He was an army doctor, or something. At least that's what. And again, I could be remembering that. No, exactly. no, no. You're totally correct. He was a medic. I think he worked for the navy. You know, it could have been a navy, maybe not, but he was a medic, and he is a recovering alcoholic. And yes, we do sort of have three somewhat doctors in the house. Well, the vet, if you, I guess you count the vet as a doctor, right? In, in the zombie apocalypse, I think you you go with it. Yeah. Hey, if you got three doctors in your group during a zombie apocalypse, you're doing good or you should be doing good. And I guess that's why I'm okay with them figuring out that Patrick wasn't bit and he became ill and whatnot. It was a little too quick, but I'm kind of glad that they're speeding through the process because I don't want to necessarily see, you know, three episodes of the council sitting down and, you know, trying to figure out what happened to Patrick. <laughs> Let's yeah. brainstorm. I'm so glad we saw the council, but that we saw it. Just so ridiculously briefly, I don't need to sit in on those council scenes like ever, but I like that we do get a sense of who's on it and, you know, that what they do. And now I hope we just don't see them again. Well, the council is the main, the central cast. Not all the central cast. Some of our most interesting characters aren't on there. And a lot of the, at least for me, the issues with like something like season two was the, what should we do? Let's dither. And so um, I'm hoping we're not going to see a lot of back and forth in the council. Do you guys have any other predictions or hopes? Since I think we have some sense of the maybe the things we don't want to see. What are the, some things you guys would like to see? 
I hope they figure out a way to to get some urgency in, and I hope they they keep deepening some of the characters. I don't know. I I still want to be optimistic. I just feel like at this point it's four seasons in, three seasons mm-hmm. in, and I you know you don't want to be too much like Charlie Brown and and, and Lucy with the football. Um, I hope it gets better. I mean, I hope it stays. They do some interesting stuff with all the ideas that they've been bringing up, and I hope they find some new angles. And I hope we get some cool, you know, suspense action sequences and stuff. Yeah, that's it. Ricky? You know, if you're a first-time listener of our podcast, I swear to God, I'm usually so positive. I love season three. (laughs) I love season two. I'm usually the most positive person. I'm sorry, season four is not necessarily working for me. I don't think that these are two bad episodes, I just think there's room for improvement. So what do I want to see? I want to see, I don't know. I want to see more interesting characters. I, I like what they are doing with Michonne, Carol, Darrow, Rick. Glenn and Maggie haven't really done much so far season four, but I still like. But they're characters. in love. They're in love. Hey. They're in love. Every scene. They're in love. Every scene. <laughs> But yeah, I totally agree. But I do still like their characters. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, um, I you know, you guys want a villain. I mean, the, the villain of at least this first half of season four is the disease, and now we have some maniac running around feeding rats to zombies and I don't know, burning bodies. Like, who's the villain? <laughs> I don't know. But I uh, I don't know, Kate. I'm just hoping for a better episode next week. I still like the episode i just don't love it i think um the stuff that works in the episode has always worked on the walking dead and it's the action set pieces it's the gore it's the blood it's the guts it's michonne it's carol and everything else is iffy interesting well before uh we wrap up completely i did uh, did want to mention well and actually i think part of maybe why i like this season more is that I didn't care as much for the previous seasons, so I most of season three I could have taken or left, and so maybe that's because I'm not coming from as strong of a place of positivity about the previous seasons. Maybe that's helping my reaction. But um, anyways, just a thought there. I did want to mention we got we heard from our uh, our medical correspondent this week, who is of course uh, one of our listeners, Bill, and uh, he just chimed in to say that uh, the pig that pigs are the closest to humans in terms terms of physiology, and that they're common spreaders of human disease. So that there are a lot of there are a lot of directions they can go with the pig, swine flu, human virus, zombie vi- virus, and there's a lot of ways that they can go. So that's you know apparently very medically sound, and we should expect expect more from, from from that and i look forward to to hear, seeing what the, what where that goes i'm fine with the disease, the disease being the baddie for now at least and uh, bill any future medical uh refer- medical correspondences you want to pass along let us know we'd love to love to hear from you as ever, uh, there's plenty more Walking Dead talk going on at Sound Insight. You can find Rick, Ricky's reviews there every week, as well as our monthly horror theme is happening there, and uh, there's a lot more to come. So so check out soundonsight.org for all of that. Zach, where can our listeners find you? Uh, my uh, reviews of The Walking Dead post every Sunday night at the AAV Club. I also do other TV reviews, including Sleepy Hollow and other shows. Just do a search for my name. And you can find me on Twitter at ZHanlon. Uh, at Twitter, so yeah. That that's Z for zombie. It is Z for zombie. Yes, it's very and nice. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, uh, I'm on Twitter at the Televerse Ricky. Ricky. Uh, sound on site. And thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Sound on Site Walking Dead podcast. Did you see anything? They just started taking out the dead. I don't need to know who yet. I don't want to. I'm glad you came back safe. I was so stupid. When I fell on my ass, they should have just left me out there. Now that's stupid. We care about you. They could have gotten hurt. When you care about people, hurt is kind of part of the package. Were there any kids? Widows and orphans, but what do you call someone who lost a child? You think someone would have given that a name? You okay?
Does she always cry like that? I think she senses people's needs. anything come what might for the sake of having you near in spite of a warning voice that comes in the night and repeats how it yells in my ear don't you know little fool you never can win why not use your mentality step up wake up to reality I just the thought of you makes me stop just before I begin Cause I've got you 